Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast, a podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hey friends, so glad you're here. So this is the next little episode in the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast where we are talking about trials and suffering. Last time I talked about how trials and suffering give purpose and produce endurance. They are our glory and our impact and through them we gain life. And our text is James 1, 1 through 4. And today I'm going to use that again as our starting point, and we're going to talk about a couple more. Look how I said last time that I'd get through four. Ah, that did not happen. I only got through three um, because I'm long-winded, but you know, it's all right because you're here, you're family, and we are so glad to be doing this journey together. So in James chapter one, verses one through four, I'm going to read those again. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So today we're going to pick up there. And through this scripture, I got nine different points that I felt the Lord directed me to as to why trials and suffering are so important. And not only important, but why they are blessings in disguise and how we can begin to change our view when we go through trials and suffering to not have that be a time where we waver and are uncertain but where we are so certain and fixed in place, immovable and not subject subject to change when it comes to our God. And an interesting thing about knowing God is knowing him does not mean understanding how everything about him works. We often equate knowledge and relationship to this fundamental understanding of a person or a thing and how it works and what makes it tick and why it does what it does. You know, with my husband and my kids, but I'll just use him, that's really an accurate view of how I have relationship with him. Because we're both imperfect beings and we are struggling with our sin nature, it is easy for me in different given situations to know how to avoid conflict or to get uh, approval or maybe something that I'm wanting like an affirmation or um, even just something that I'm wanting him to get me or allow me to get or something 
by knowing how he works and kind of playing to that, um, which could be honestly a form of manipulation at some times. But when we know someone, we know what they will and won't tolerate. We know what does produce good effects and what doesn't. And that's why children that grow up in abusive relationships uh, grow up and are so dysfunctional is because they are taught and they learn these different behaviors based on what their abuser does or does not like. And so we often equate our relationship to Jesus in very human terms where we think knowing him means understanding everything about him. And that's just not true. There is an aspect in our faith which endurance and that character trait being um, established within our hearts and our souls produces this space that the unknown isn't a place of worry or fear anymore. It's a place of acceptance. And knowing Jesus is understanding that there are limits to what I can understand, explain, uh, have, you know, knowledge about, and count on. And I'm not referring to the counting on part as the attributes of God, but I am referring to it in regards to things that come up in our life and how the Lord chooses to um, have those things work out. There are elements of unknown that we are not going to be able to figure out. And those things get people hung up in their faith all the time. Why would God let this happen? Why did this happen now? Why did he not do this? Why didn't he do this? All of those things trip us up so much in our faith. And if they're tripping us up in the bad times, they're still hindering us in the good times. Because that disconnect that we experience in the bad times doesn't just disappear in the good times. That shows us a weakness or a breach in our relationship with Jesus. But there is hope. Through trials and suffering being viewed as our platform to propel us with purpose. And to give us impact we can gain endurance through those times. And endurance is the key ingredient to being firmly fixed in place. And what that means is in our faith, in our belief in God. And our belief in God is also holding room or space for that which we do not know about him. And that space that we hold for what we do not know about him isn't a desperate place, a place filled with fear. No, it's a place of acceptance. It's a place where we do not find the need to defend to ourselves, to our hearts, to our feelings, or to others why we trust God. We just trust him. And that is endurance. Endurance is being firmly fixed in place, being immovable, not being subject to change. That is so important because what do people do? We change. And I'm not even talking about circumstances. I'm talking about the ebb and flow of our emotions. One little thing can jerk us around and make us have a bad day all day long. And it can be a minor thing. But in the midst of that, endurance being grown in our spirits and our hearts through trials and suffering produces in us an ability to be firmly fixed staying in place, immovable, and not subject to change. You too, friend, can choose regardless of what you're feeling, experiencing, 
what circumstances you're going through, what shape your health is in, to be not subject to the change of your emotions and only subject to Jesus Christ and the truth which we know about him and we glean from reading scripture. And so today, after talking for seven minutes and 23 seconds about the importance of endurance again, I want to talk about trials and suffering are our opportunity. We view them as hassles. We view them as plan busters. We view them as horrible waves that come up and ruin our party. But they are opportunity. They are amazing opportunity. If we are viewing our, our life as a spiritual life, and if we are viewing our, um, our goal on this earth to become closer to Jesus, both in relationship and heart change and attitude change, then trials are the perfect opportunity for that. They are an opportunity for the divine to enter into our mundane. Any plans that we have humanly pale in significance to what God has. And friend, if God has put you in a bind, that is because he is going to show up in that bind in the most amazing way. And if you are not purposing it in your heart, to endure and to find God and to hold on to him and to wrestle it out, you are going to miss Jesus. And that is often, sadly, what we do. We groan and complain and we miss the divine opportunity of Jesus in the flesh stepping into our situation and showing himself to us. There is always a time when the trial ends and the trial begins and the trial starts again, as Stanley says it, Charles Stanley says it perfectly, you are either in a trial, coming out of a trial, or going into a trial. Why are they so prevalent? Because they are so full of purpose. They are so full of opportunity. Your life is not meant to be lived for you. It is not meant to be lived apart from Jesus. Everything that you do is supposed to be in the foundation and the uh, relationship with him. Our hearts are to be in constant prayer. Our attitudes are to be godly. Our hearts are to be servant leaders. We are to be reaching people and to be in constant community with others, but also with God. And maybe that sounds overwhelming, and it is overwhelming if you're trying to do it in your own strength. Trials and suffering show you what it truly means to walk your life holding the hand of Jesus. They show you how intimately involved he is in your circumstances and how he cares with precision point detail to everything that goes on in your life and everything you care about. And he longs to give you the desires of your heart, but more than that, he longs for you to become the man or woman of God in which he created you to be. And apart from submitting to trials and suffering, you will miss that. So in Luke 21, verses 13 through 15, it states very clearly that trials and suffering are our opportunities. 
It says in Luke 21, 13, it will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. What is your testimony, friend? It is the irrevocable statement of faith which you claim that no one can can refute. There are very few things on earth that are not opinions and that cannot be contradicted. No one can contradict your testimony in Jesus Christ. And if you are living for him and with him and seeking him, no matter what is coming your way, the glory that you have through trials and suffering, the impact that you have, and the opportunity that you have to reach people will not be able to be touched by anyone, but only will reach people and draw them into Jesus like nothing ever, nothing else ever will. Trials and suffering are your opportunity for a testimony. It says in verse 14, Make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves. Why would that be? Because this scripture is not referring to the need for you to defend yourself in your own strength. No, trials and suffering, when they come about, God is wanting to act on behalf of you. He's not wanting you to flounder about and struggle and complain and be filled with fear. When God sets trials and impossible situations into our life, he is wanting to show himself. That is the very definition of the verse, my ears had seen you. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Because when God allows trial and suffering into your life, it is not only an opportunity for you to witness to others, but it is an opportunity for Jesus to witness to you. And don't we all need that? Don't we all need to see and to know the love of Jesus Christ in our lives in a very real way? Well, trials and suffering are that for you. They are your opportunity to be at peace and to trust and to see God come through for you and do a work in you that you could not hope for or think or imagine. God has amazing plans, but they are often not worked out aside from going down into the pit. Going down into the pit does not necessarily mean that you have done something wrong. Now, I would reckon to say that those that love God and follow him the most will find themselves in the pit the most often. The pit is a form of love. Again, It's counterintuitive to what we think of love. But our design of love in human terms is purely emotional, purely just to get all the good feels and to give all of the external comforts. But the love of God is the love that sends his only son to die on Calvary and bear the weight of every sin of every human born not born, and alive today. Love is a sacrifice. Love does what is needed to be done regardless. Regardless if it's popular or if it's a favored idea. Again, I draw from 
when I lost my son. I've told this story before. But one of the things that I had to understand and that Jesus was teaching me was he promised to never leave me or forsake me, and he promised protection in my pregnancy with the twins. And I remember being at a doctor appointment for my daughter that survived. And I was in the waiting room, and I could not hold back. I was talking to God in my mind, and tears were streaming down my face, and I finally reached the point where I was able to be honest with him. And I said, you promised to protect me, and look what you did. And he spoke so clearly to me. This quiet, still voice spoke to me in my spirit, and he said, Sweet Connie, I did protect you. But my version of protection is not your shallow version of protection. My protection does whatever needs to be done to create you and to turn you into the woman of God that I created you to be. And my heart broke wide open. Because how cheap would it be to have a God that allowed us to be less than like him? How cheap of it, how cheap of a God would it be, how cheap of a faith, if he just gave us what we wanted, knowing that the thing that we didn't want was what we needed. Friends, God loves you, and out of that love, he allows trials and suffering. And you are never alone. You are never forsaken. You are always protected. But those things don't always look like you think they should look. And that is exactly why God is good and God is faithful. And if you hold on and endure, which is being firmly fixed in place, you know what you know and you believe what you believe and there is nothing and nobody that can change your mind. And sometimes that is through clenched teeth and tears strolling down your face and your heart and everything in you is telling you to turn away and you claim God is good. It is holding space for the unknown. I know partially why Jeremiah went home, but I don't know it all. I hold space for that. And it's space that's not filled with anger anymore or doubt or fear. It's a space that goes, God knows, and that is good enough for me. God knows, and that is good enough for me. God knows about your future. Let that be good enough for you. You are not forsaken. Even though you suffer, let that be good enough for you. The last thing that this says in verse 15, right out, so I'm going I'm to read 14 again because I've talked so long in between it. Actually, I'm going to start from verse 13. Okay, so we're talking about 
trials and suffering being an opportunity. In verse 13 of Luke 21, it says, it will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourself. For I will give you utterance and wisdom, which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. Trials and suffering is not just for you to be a testimony of God's goodness to others. It's also God wanting to be a testimony to you of his own goodness and mercy. You don't need to defend yourself when you're in a trial or you're suffering. You need to let the Lord defend you. You need to let the Lord speak to your heart. You need to let the Lord hold your tears. You need to let the Lord cradle your broken heart because he will. There is never a time where my life was worse off because I trusted Jesus. And in some senses, you trust blindly. We trust blindly because of, again, that space which we do not know. We do not know what he will do. We do not know how he will do it. We do not know why. But it is not blind in the fact that we know he is good. So my call to you today is, again, be encouraged in your inner man. Submit to trials and suffering because the Lord God himself is not up in heaven. He's not around you. He's not by you. He is in it with you. And he has a plan and a purpose to use this to create you to be the mighty man or woman of God that he has always intended you to be. And because he desires nothing less than a very intimate and personal day-to-day relationship with you, Because there is nothing that you cannot go through with your God and come out on the other side, blessed and full. And as Spurgeon says, if life has you in the dust, worship there. Cry out and hold on to God. Thanks for being here, friends. Be sure to tune in next time. Stop by the website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings or find me on social media at weedseedsandbeautifulthings and let me know what you thought about this podcast. You can leave a review in the section below for review. Just scroll to, scroll to the bottom and there is a little tab that says write a review. I would greatly appreciate knowing what you thought of the podcast, what I can pray for you about, and what other episodes and topics you would like to hear. I'll see you next time. Bye.